All right, welcome back to another episode of Just Another Bozo on the Bus. I'm your host, Paul Randack. Uh, welcome, everybody out there, especially our fellow Bozo listeners. I'm excited <laughs> this week to have my my friend, first of all. Another Bozo. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite Bozos, uh, Todd Sylvester, with us today. And we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things. Um, we're going to talk about his book, which is coming out shortly. Um, whether it has an actual title or not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, uh, we have a kind of a list of things that, that we, we want to talk about and uh, bounce some ideas around. And so I, ho- I hope you uh, enjoy our discussion visit today. And then um, I just want to mention next week, uh, have the Bozo Roundtable with, uh, uh, I, I affectionately call the Bozos from Dover, which is Corey Markovich. Uh, Dr. Robert Simpson and, and Brett Heiner. So, and I've got somebody else. I think I can't remember who's it's two weeks out, but <laughs> we'll figure it out. It'll, it it'll happen. Yeah. Welcome, Todd. Yeah, so, welcome. So glad you're here. Oh, hey, no, thank you, Paul. And I'm excited you invited me on again. And uh, I love what you're doing. I love the influence that you're spreading out into this world. It's great to be a part of something like this because you're what you do and what you teach and the the light that you are to this world i'm just glad to 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 be a part of this today and i just thank yeah. you and, and listeners thanks for having me man of course i'm and, and you know i mean we can we can do self we can do actualizations to each other because <laughs> i have the same thoughts and feelings about you um todd and i uh you know work together um at, at wasatch recovery and yeah. um and uh, we have very similar ways of thinking about a number of areas in the field we work in. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about many of those today. Uh, we take slightly different approaches, and it's partly based upon our backgrounds. Yeah. But our intention is to get to the same place. For sure. And, you know, and, and really ultimately help help people. Help I people. Mean, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's your passion. I know. For sure. I know you do what you do yeah. because you love helping people. Absolutely. And if those of you, if you haven't listened to Todd's story... Um, which was, you know, we did that a while ago. It's been a while, I, yeah. Gonna, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will put a little reminder at the end of this. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Because the the episode number or whatever it was. Because, yeah. But it was, I think it was March or April of last yeah. year, was it? Yeah, that? it okay. was. Yeah, right around there, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, and Todd's got a, an amazing story. And, of course, it's part of it's going to be told in the book. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. So you, let's talk a little. You talk a little bit about this book and, <laughs> yeah. and what it's been like to put this together because yeah. it's really an, an amazing part of your journey. Oh, thank you. And, you know, it's funny and you you can relate to this, but, you know, I see why now people don't write books <laughs> because it's amazing the what goes into it. And you think, oh, I'll write a book and I'll throw some words down on a piece of paper and you know, here we go and I'll put this book together. But, uh, boy, this has been a work in progress for me. You know, I've solicited some help and this and that, and some of the help hasn't worked out the way it should have. And but I finally have the second draft done. Um, I've just got a few people looking at it right now to give me some feedback, and then once that's done, I've got a website up for it, ready to go. And uh, I'm hoping to launch this probably March first is looking like a the the the, the launch date. So this yeah. is soon. We're yeah, it's soon. very soon. So. Uh, I'm excited. I got everything put into place. This has been a work in progress. It it not only shares my story, but it's got a basically throughout it kind of littered through it is a bunch of principles that I live by that I've learned from my mentor. Um, I've learned, and you know, obviously in my experiences. And so I'm excited to 
to have uh, people read it and, you know, just hopefully it, you know, sparks something in them that they want to go out and, you know, make a difference in this world. And if they're struggling, that they'll, you know, realize that they're going to be okay and, and uh, move forward in life. So I'm excited. Yeah, and there is support. There's yes. always support. Yeah, always, always, oh, support. always, always, always. You're never alone, ever. Never alone. You know, and that's the cool thing. And um, so, yeah, so that's what's coming so, up. And, so uh, tell them the, the website. I know it may change. Yeah. But so if people are interested now, I mean, at least there's a place they can go and find out information. Yeah, it's, it. uh, thank you. It's the Lemonade book, Lemonade Stand. Well, I don't even know now. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's changed a couple times. Uh-huh. So it's the lemonadebook.com. Okay thelemonadebook.com um, you can go on there um, and I think it's already set up you can pre-order it if you want and uh, like I said March 1st is looking like the date we're going to drop it and uh, it'll I'm going to self-publish it and uh, it, it gives me freedom to do whatever and you know this too yeah, that, to do whatever I want with it yeah. so I'm excited yeah. about that and uh, this is my second t- this will be my second book which I never thought I'd write one book let alone two uh-huh. and I've got a third one I'm thinking about as well and this is cool to you know, I never read a book until I was in college, honestly. <laughs> I, I really, my first book I ever read was the, it was in 1986 when the Chicago Bears won the Super Bowl. They came out with a book on how they did it. And that was the first book I've ever really? read. Yep. That was back it was my, with my refrigerator. <laughs> the refrigerator. The refrigerator. There we go. <laughs> anyway, so. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and thanks for letting me uh, talk a little bit about that today. So, you, are you okay just giving a little, just the kind of the uh, a little bit of the premise of the book? I mean, I know the whole story, but just yes. kind of give people an idea of what this, what that part of your journey was about. And yeah, so it really talks about how I went from you know really thinking I'm broken and damaged, and life's n- never going to work, and I'd rather just be dead and planning my suicide to mm-hmm. where. I realized that that wasn't the case and how my life got turned around, some miraculous events, which I talk about in there, and you know my connection with God, my higher power, mm-hmm. how that came into fruition. It was an amazing thing. Um, you know, And this lemonade stand, which we're talking a lot about, mm-hmm. was, the, the, was truly the moment when um, I went from the belief of, one, I'm broken and damaged, mm-hmm. and I'll never contribute to anyone. I'm different, so I'll never connect. Right. To, oh wow, there really is nothing wrong, and I actually can make an impact on someone's life. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds so simplistic, but the truth is, it was. Mm-hmm. It was as simply as giving my money away to this girl at a lemonade stand uh-huh. that turned into me giving her all my money for the next two and a half months every Saturday, mm-hmm. and how it started to transform me and soften my heart. And to realize I'm good and uh, still chokes me up today. And to think had how that simple little act changed everything for me. And so I get into that in the book. And then there's these really powerful principles. And one of the principles um, that I'll share was yeah. what I learned at the lemonade stand. And right. the principle is this. If you want to be, give it away. Right. So if you want to be anything, give it away. So for an example of that is if you want to be happy... Go give away happiness. Yeah. Go give it to someone else. Which is that very simple principle behind so the, the smile, right? Yeah. Just smiling at somebody. 
Yeah, and and you know, you and I talk to clients, and they're depressed, and they're down, and they're and they think, well, how can I go give away happiness? I feel horrible. That's the last thing I want to do. Well, the ironic thing about it is when you no, go, I want to give away my misery. Yeah, Thank you very much, I, I got right? misery I can give away, which I've been doing. Well, when you give away, if you go help someone, right, you're going to make their day, so to speak. I made this little girl's day by giving her forty dollars and quarters. Right. Well, what I realize is I have that happiness and joy in me already. And it was the act of giving it away that woke me up to it. That was the beautiful thing. Like it woke me up. I was like, oh, wow, this is in me. That's why that principle is so simple, yet one of the most, in my opinion, probably the most powerful principle on the planet. And I'm going to go on a little tangent here. They did a study. um, There was a study done, and and I, uh, of... Navy SEAL training and what type what type of person becomes a Navy SEAL mm-hmm. and you you know we think it's it's the tough strong athlete it's the it's the athlete who maybe has never been tested but they're just so gifted and strong and you know no it's not those guys it's the skinny little guy who when he's emotionally drained when he's physically drained when he is mm-hmm. just at the depths Exhaust. of just exhaustion, exhaustion ready to give up mental emotional in that moment they help the person next to him yeah that's the person who becomes the navy seal they give it away they give it away and it's that it's amazing and you know this too paul yeah. it's like it's like it's as if the universe dumps out this added energy that gives you that yeah. to get you over the top <laughs> so true it's amazing it so, so true so anyway that's kind of in a nutshell what we talk about in the book it shares my story and then mm-hmm. some really powerful principles that will truly you know transform anyone if they'll actually live by them and you know put them to the test so to speak yeah. Yeah. well and and you're right it is that simple even though the the old the old gray matter up here has a tendency to want to complicate the, right yeah I almost said the other word but the shit out of stuff you know yeah it and, does and yeah. We, are, we are explicit but I you know I usually uh, curtail my language to the people I'm with and oh no you can swear all you want I swear that's all good I mean I, know. I I try to keep it in control but Thank you know you, but I'm going to work on it today Todd <laughs> and it's it's because I want to, not oh, because I think I have there to. You right? There you I go. There you go. Because I want to. Um, and that whole, that actually, that whole idea that you were just talking about kind of brings back to the one of the things we talked about discussing today. Sure. I'm gonna, yeah. Was actually, I, I put I'm it in excited. my. I put it in my phone to say that I want to talk to with Todd about this. Was the idea of um, can you think your way? You know, can you think your way to positive thinking and being, or does one need to actually put into practice those things? And that's what I like about the yeah. the beginning of this concept with the lemonade stand is because it was the act. Yes, it, you you took action, took action, and and your behaviors then led you to come away from the story or the belief exactly that there was something wrong with you or I'm broken or, or those kinds yeah. of things. Too. Uh-huh. Oh wait, I can do this. Yep this this is who I am actually. Yeah. And yeah. the act, the act was um, a way of verifying that, maybe. Yeah, I love that too because yeah. it's like we're told, okay, think positive thoughts and positive things will happen. Think, you know, and and there's part of me that really believes that. But you're right, Paul. Is when I when we act upon and we actually go do something, mm-hmm. it's it, it goes with like um, Eckhart Tolle says, quit quoting Buddha and be Buddha, <laughs> yeah, right? right? Exactly. It's be it. Be it. Be. Yeah. 
be the charitable person, be the person that's giving, be the person that's loving, like actually be it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, what I notice is like, it's almost like this fuel in my brain with my thoughts that ignited it. Like now they're on fire. Like, whoa, I am good. I am going to think good thoughts. And it was like a motivator for me at the time, you know? So that passion, that yes, the passion is fuel, you know? Yes, for sure. It's like passion is a fuel for change and direction and and folks on attention. I I see where we're going here. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's all laying out real quick. Yes, it is. And shame is fuel for addiction. Wow. Amen. And torment and despair, especially. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So, So it's, just understanding that. So I'm glad, thank you for, for telling that part of the story, because it really does show that. Now, you and I, though, I think, rightly so, agree that positive affirmations are important right. as as a starting point for people that don't know how to think exactly. that way, right. um, or at least find some type of empowering statement for themselves that's more accurate or more authentic exactly. than the irrational or shame-based or fear-based beliefs, right? Yep. So, um, and I, you have an exercise that you, you yeah. work with people. It's, mm-hmm. it's pre, a pretty simple one. Do you Very want to describe what you use as far as that yeah. part of it? And then we'll, we'll kind of tie the action into it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. You know, most people, when, you know, when Paul and I meet with a client for the first time, they're typically, they're there for a reason in the sense that they, they've been thinking horrible things about themselves. Mm-hmm. They, they have lost, not lost, they have forgotten who they are. Not lost, yeah, they forgotten, forgot. Because yeah. you never lose it. It's always there. And <laughs> Which is, know, by the way, that you know, there's also a belief associated with that, that, well, I've, I've done so much harm to myself, like yep. I've, I've ruined myself, or I've done so many drugs that, um, yeah. you know, I've lied so much done, that I've, I've lost that part of myself. And that's, that's one of the biggest lies yeah. that people tell Amen. themselves. Yeah, for sure. I'm broken. And I and 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 I'm lost. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was working with a client this week. Uh, she, I mean, has had a rough life. You, you know, you name it. Prison time. Lost the custody of her kids. You know, so on and so forth. And to have her say something positive about herself was almost like pulling teeth. Like literally, she looked like she was going to throw up. Really? Yeah. Like so- she's saying these nice things about herself because that was part of the exercise, <laughs> which I'll get into the detail of that, but. It literally, I'm like, I go, I wish I had a video of your face, facial expressions and your body language when you're saying these nice things. And she's like, I know it makes me sick. It's like, I don't think I deserve pain. any of it. it. Was it so you're, you're seeing this somatic, this body yes. physiological response, body language is saying, I'm going to throw up yeah. because this feels so untrue. Yep. Whereas the negative feels so normal yes. and, and comfortable, right? My story is yeah. the one of... So, yeah, I just talk, you know, what I do with my clients is I basically say, we need to expose the enemy here. Mm-hmm. We need to put a light on it. And and what it is, is we all talk to ourselves. We, I mean, good or bad, we're always talking to ourselves. Our mind's going, we're saying certain things. And unfortunately, typically, most of it's negative. And especially when we're working with a drug addict or an alcoholic, boy, their thoughts are probably 95% negative, you know? And so what I do with an exercise is I basically, I call it uh, that negative voice in your head, I call it the bully. And what I have them do is we call it my bully playlist. How does your negative voice or your bully talk to you? Very simple exercise. It literally write down, what does it say? I'm stupid. I'm no good. I can't do it. Life sucks. 
you know, I'll never get past this. Nobody loves you know, me. No I'm one loves attractive. me. I'm attractive. Yeah. Yep. I'm unlovable. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And these lists, when I when I when I have these clients read them back, they're vicious. Yeah. You sit there and go, wow. And then you you know, so you basically have to expose the issue. Yeah. And so when you get it on paper, that's the beautiful thing about it. It's, it's as if you shined a spotlight on what's causing you to feel so horrible about you and life mm-hmm. in general, right? right? There yeah. it is. Now we know it needs to change. And so what we do next is what I call the champion list. Right. Yeah. And, all, and it's real simple. You take what you take the bully list and then you state the opposite and add your name to it. So yeah, for instance, yeah. Yes. So the first one's yeah. like, I'm stupid. <laughs> the opposite of that would be, you know, I taught him brilliant. And that's the part when they read that, they go, oh, you know, I don't believe that at all. I get it. <laughs> get it. But let's write the opposite of that. Now they got these two, they got these two lists, mm-hmm. bully list, champion list. You know, the bully lies to you. It tells you that you're no good. I mean, again, you forget who you are. It's those lies saying, well, I'm lost and I'm so far gone. The champion list is really what it's, what it's doing is it's reminding you of what you knew when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Seriously. It's really what that is. It's it's a reminder of before who you... Before the scarring you, and the trauma. Before and, all the scarring, yeah, the trauma. Yeah. And, and I get it. When people have gone through some horrible things, no wonder you're thinking the way sure. you think. Yeah. You know, who can... I mean, if I had gone through those things too, I would be feeling the same or thinking the same way. But that little well, exercise... You do have your own... Your, your own story about... Which we sure. used on the first podcast. I mean, yeah. that you, you did go through those things and felt that way... Absolutely. Until you found yourself in that moment, all Absolutely. of a sudden taking some action. This this notion, by the way, just just yeah. kind of came to me as you were, as you were sharing that the the bully list and the champions list, which of course I love. Um, and so the thinking about it, this is sort of kind of just came to me uh-huh. in the sense of so if if I'm stupid on the the bully side and I'm smart on the uh, champion side. The, that transition, that that piece in the middle is, I'm teachable. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm able to take in other information. I'm able to learn. And, and I'm able to learn about myself. Right. So if, if, I, if I identify that I'm stupid or I'm ugly or I'm not enough or I'm mm-hmm. broken, and, and then I, I, I have the antithesis, which is the positive, that I'm healthy, I'm beautiful, I'm smart. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm capable. Um, you know, I'm I'm able to work. I'm able to be uncomfortable. I mean, all all these things, right? right? Yeah. yeah, I'm able to do hard things. Or I, I have a, yeah. a, a a friend that says I'm able to do heart things. Mm, yeah. I like Which that. Which is a, a nice, yeah. a nice little twist. <laughs> That's on that, a right? twist on. I like it. <laughs> but in the middle is the acknowledgement that I'm teachable. Yeah. That I'm able to open and accom- I'm able to be accommodating to new information about my story, right. about making my story more true. Right. So instead of it being those um, components or the uh, the beliefs that are on the bully side, I'm able to accommodate and assimilate the new information. Exactly. And and then one of the the tools to do that with right to take that on is to repeat those positive affirmations, right. whatever they are. Right. Yeah, and you know, and people, you know are kind of burned out on affirmations. I mean, it's been going around forever, like positive (laughs) affirmations. Does it even really work? Well, one of the principles behind that, Paul, is repetition deepens the impression. Yes. Repetition creates a new neural pathway. Or you could also say a repetition creates 
a new belief system. Yeah, a new story. A new story, a new narrative, yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. it. But it's the repetition of things. Because if you, you know, when I ask the client, you know, how many times do you think over the last 20 years you've told yourself that you're no good? Right. I mean, it's millions of times. And you don't even realize you're doing it. So to say, all of a sudden, to say it once, okay, I am a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like there's no way that's going to win the day. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to say and start catching when you're thinking this or feeling this Mm -hmm. and saying the opposite multiple, multiple, multiple times. Now, some beliefs you can change instantly just by the awareness, like in a process group, right? Right. Which you've seen. Yeah. Like we create awareness in a process group and they go, oh, wow. Okay. But here's what's interesting. They got the new awareness. They're thinking really good in process group. They're like, wow, I learned a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. They walk away from there, and those old belief systems start to, at times, start to overwhelm them again. Well, this is what's so cool about this little exercise is you're going to reshape your self-image mm-hmm. on a subconscious midbrain level. And the reason why that's so important is it's permanent lasting change. And as a matter of fact, Olympic athletes use this technique. Yes, and trust me, if it didn't work, Olympians would have got rid of this decades ago. Uh, most successful people on some level use this technique. Absolutely. Even if it's through meditation, if it's uh, yep. the, these, the, the affirmation, and yep. you're right, the, the word affirmation has... <laughs> People oh get sick gosh. of it. It's, it's yeah. been, yeah, yeah, it's been worn down. And I've been trying like, to come up with a different way of yeah. saying, well, it's not really, I just call it, you're just telling yourself the truth. Yeah. There, there's a word that, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. Is it John Noah? Or Maybe. Noah Johns. Noah Johns. I Noah think Johns? Is, is, I'll look okay. it up later. Anyway. But he has, he changed the word to affirmation. Mm. which I thought was interesting yeah. about forming something. You're new. formating. You're, you're form- formatting. For, you're for formating. Formation. Yes, you're forming yeah. something new. <laughs> you're forming something new. I love and it. And I, 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 that, I think, is an important distinction maybe. Yeah. And I'm not saying change the word affirmation, but th- I like that his twist on that was yeah. to um, Noah Johns. Yeah, something yeah. like that. He, well, he, that he yeah, brought that, that. that idea out, you know. Yeah, because I think people go, okay, I'm going to go in the mirror and tell, tell myself I love myself 10 times. <laughs> whoop de doo right like it doesn't really sink in kind of thing yeah. again though one of the one of the critical things that i uh point out to the client is that when a negative thought comes in is realizing okay it's just a thought you don't have to agree with it but you have been for decades so if the thought comes in i'm stupid you objectify it by going there it is it's that's not me anymore yeah and then you state the opposite so if the thought comes in i'm stupid you would say Oh, there it is. Objectify it and then say, I, Todd, am brilliant. Even in that moment, if I don't believe it, I got to start somewhere. Because it would be easy to go, well, I don't believe I'm brilliant, so I'm not going to say that. (laughs) And it's not that I'm brilliant in the sense that I'm going to go find the cure for cancer. It's brilliant in the sense that, like you said, I'm teachable. Mm -hmm. I can give. I can love. Mm -hmm. I can be compassionate. I can be sympathetic. Mm -hmm. I mean, all those amazing qualities that we all have within us that have been buried for decades because of the way we've, you know, unfortunately have talked to ourselves in a negative way. Well, and I think that's, I think this, going back to what you said about the idea of being teachable is that that's really an indicator. I mean, from my perspective as being a therapist or a coach or however Mm -hmm. you want to identify it, um, that if someone's teachable, I can tell. 
because there's right. an openness about that. Yeah. They still may be struggling with some really irrational or distorted beliefs about themselves. Yeah. But if they're teachable, they're willing to do the work and put that work into action. Absolutely. You know, which yeah. is what the work is about putting yeah. it into action. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Yeah. So the, the the reason why I'm so curious about this identification of action versus intention and so uh-huh. on, and we'll, we'll, we'll bring up the intention thing in a second, is so I'm curious for you in that moment when you you gave gave her the money, mm-hmm. did you know that that's what, I mean, did you, and I, 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 maybe this is just a, a spiritual moment that we, that you heard, you felt and heard within you and without, you know, that this was what you were supposed to do, but you listened to it, something, you, you listened yeah. to something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for and, sure. And, and this wasn't the old stuff, the, the broken language, no. the, the bully language, this nope. was something, something different. Else. And had you, had you put anything into practice before that moment that you remember? Or well, I'm were you sure, working on things? You know, when I look back on it, you know. I don't think I mean black and white. I'm no, I know saying, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a great question, Paul. I think when I think back at that time, my parents, uh, especially, you know, they knew I was struggling back then. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what to do. You know, there wasn't a rehab on every street corner like there is today. <laughs> Less in Utah, folks. Yeah, yeah, right. Or in Utah, at least, you know. Um, but they they knew I was struggling. My dad, two things w- that kind of maybe was prepping me for this moment mm-hmm. was my dad gave me the cassette tape program by Dennis Whateley called The Psychology of Winning. Ten cassette tapes. And he handed that to me and says, I think you should listen to these things which, like any good kid, put it on the shelf and forgot about it. Um, <laughs> and then, and then he also I'm glad had a, you said good kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, I eventually did get to those, and I started listening to them just okay. to see what they were about. Which, by the way, that that's one of the things that really helped cultivate and change my life, honestly. Mm-hmm. But he also handed me not, not I don't know if it was like a few months later or whatever. I can't remember. But it was after that he handed me a book that. Um, his mom and dad gave him, and it was one of the original books, As a Man Thinketh. Yeah. And my grandparents gave it to him for uh, for his birthday in 1964 and had a little note in there, and I've got it to the day. It's on my desk today. Yeah, I'd I, read I, from I it every I day. Know, I've seen the book. Yes. Yeah. I've always, it's, it's kind of like a sacred shrine to me a little bit. So yeah, it's, my, I, yeah. it's the Bible for the mind. Yeah, the, the, yeah, um, the Bible for the mind. Yeah. But he handed me this book, and again, what did I do? I put it on the shelf and didn't think anything of it. But they were just, they were trying to help me out, right? Yeah. Well, from time to time, they were doing time, their best. They, they were, were doing, doing their best. what they knew. And exactly, doing their best. Doing the best yeah. with what they knew. Absolutely. Um, but I started from time to time opening that book and reading it, and one not fully understanding it, but going, "Wow!" I mean, it was amazing. Like what I would read there, I'm going, "Who is this James Allen? Yeah, how did he know this in 1903? <laughs> Stuff like that." So those things were happening a little bit before the lemonade experience, and. Mm-hmm. You talk about like something happened. Well, so as there were some seeds planted, I guess is what seeds I, were it planted. Sounds like yes. absolutely, they were already in there. They were there. Yep, absolutely, and germinating yeah. probably exactly yeah. and starting to yeah. yeah. As I drove, I'll never forget. As I drove past the lemonade stand for the first time, you know, and I think I mentioned it in my story when I shared it with you, is is what the Greeks would call a kairos moment. Yes, 
a transformational moment in time. They actually call it a tap on the shoulder. Hey, this is going to change your world. You don't know it yet, but it's going to. Yeah. And that was kind of the impression I had, like turn around and give all the money you have to this little girl in your car. Mm. And that was the Kairos moment. I could have ignored it. I could have went, eh, that, I'm not giving her my money. <laughs> you know. And yeah. I'm so grateful that I listened to that impression and I just turned my car around, gave her this money, and to see her ex- expression, like it made her decade. I mean, I, I dumped $40 worth of quarters into her lap, basically. But as I pulled away, that's when it hit me like, you were asking like, well, what hit you? Is when I pulled away, I have to pull my car over and I just start crying like I've never cried before. It was like the cleansing cry we talked about, right? right? right. And I, it was like this feeling I had, n- had never felt before. It was like, man, I matter and mm-hmm. I'm good. And in that moment, I didn't want to get high and I didn't want to go steal something and I didn't want to lie to my parents or my friends or whatever, right? Yeah. And that's when I was like, whoa, this mm-hmm. is something different. And it's good. And I say it was a moment because it was fleeting at times because I felt it. And then mm-hmm. that old belief system crept back in going, who are you? You're a yeah, piece right, of right. crap. You're no good. What are you, trying to trying to impress somebody here? <laughs> what, who do you think you are? Yeah. Trying who, to be all noble. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. And it was almost like. Which is crazy. It's which is, nuts. Yeah. yeah. You, How you, dare you, you do something good? Yeah. You just, you, you listen to, <laughs> your, you know, you listen to the authentic part within you yeah. and resonated with you know whatever it was outside as well i mean within your environment and you took action yeah and so then, that was kind and of then the, you had this release whoa boy man i yeah i cried like i've never cried i mean yeah. it was probably i mean I, I don't know the exact time but it felt like 20 30 minutes where i just sobbed hmm. and it really did it feel like it was purifying my heart and that sounds weird but it was like maybe softening my heart's a better way like i softened my heart towards me yeah. Like, I am a good person. Softening you know? my heart towards me. Yeah. What a beautiful statement yeah. that is. Softening my heart towards me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't such an idiot or a loser, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, and so it was just such a surreal thing, mm-hmm. and that's why I thought, well, if it feels this good, I'm hopefully she's there next week. I'll give her all my money again. <laughs> so it just continued. And surprise. Yeah. You know that all or nothing mentality that uh, we both have? Uh, <laughs> that kicked in. Uh, so that can be a good thing sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a cool thing. But, yeah, it's interesting how that all kind of tied in. But yeah. yeah. The, the, and this is what interests me, too, is that I wonder if, you know, and, you know, we both worked with, I'm going to say thousands of probably people thousands, over, yeah. over the, you know, the, the last couple decades, right? For sure, yeah. Okay, We've so, been both doing this a long yeah, time. Yeah, we have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we still have young hearts. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Even though they've been had a little, yes. mine, mine a little, little more miles, you know, obviously based upon couple. my life last year. Yeah, anyway, really. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> but Abel, you know, but this, the, you said softening of the heart, right? Yeah. And, um, and, it's, and, and an opening, I think of it as well you know like yeah. a becoming allowing my heart to do actually what it's supposed to do right. which we know now that the hearts actually feel they they mm-hmm. have um a relationship between the way we think and the way we feel and our heart is directly tied into that right, yeah. which is fascinating they want to be by the way you know for the longest time the scientists or at least the scientific community and and physicians wanted to separate the heart and 
yeah. and and the and the head or the 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 brain as separate organs, but they one can't work without the other, yeah. pretty much. They, yeah, they the need... science behind it now is pretty incredible. Yes, yeah. the science today is pretty incredible, and I'm grateful, by the way, for my partner Kristen, you know, my mm-hmm. wife, who after my heart attack turned me on to some of the books about that. Right on, because. Um, yeah. It it opened my eyes with something I've really always felt inside that they were connected. Yeah. But I also know that I have an education, which sometimes thinks yeah. everything's up here yeah. in the way I think, and yeah. it's not. It's not. And I, I think that at times there's been a little battle inside me. I don't know if that happens for you too, Todd. Sure. That sometimes, you know, I overemphasize sometimes the feeling, or I emphasize you know the the cognitive piece of it, and yeah. try to separate them out. Yeah. And it's. You know, and I don't. Th- I don't say that's necessarily wrong or bad because it kind of goes back to, yeah. you know, can we just deal with the affirmational piece, the thinking piece, the cognitive part, yeah. and that's where I guess I, I, you know, why I thought this was an important discussion to have is that no, there has to be the action and the motivation and the yeah. feeling and the heart behind it because that yes. when you told that story and your heart opened up. That yeah. that really set the stage or the, you know, the context for you then to move in to the next piece, Absolutely, right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You know, and it comes down to what we're talking about here and that, you know, what's the difference there is, you know, you almost have to act as if until you become. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Act as if until you become that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really started doing is that as I was giving this money away, mm-hmm. I started becoming because I was doing the act. Yes. Even though I was at times thinking, am I even worthy to do this? Do I even deserve to do? I mean, it was weird. Uh-huh. Again, that old narrative creeping back in. Um, but it was cool over time. I started, I just continued doing it. Mm-hmm. I started to become, you know, it's like, you know, going to the gym, you go, first day you go there you're not in shape you're you're not in shape at all but if you stay consistently with it <laughs> yeah you start becoming in shape yes yeah so you're doing the act of working out and eating well or whatever and you become it's it's a simple so simple but yet sometimes we forget that that's how how it works yeah, yeah. so anyway this idea of becoming a new you or new me, right? <laughs> new year, new me. Right? Yeah, right. New yeah, me, well, new you, new whatever. Yeah. And if, and I, you know, this idea. I also have this notion that there are many different versions of ourselves too. You <laughs> right. know, and right yeah. now I'm in about five point three. <laughs> I right. made it out of the fours. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're so. in version five. That's yeah, good. Version five, five point three. <laughs> Moving through that. Yeah. Um, so if it's okay, let's let's move on yeah, and, let's and talk about one that uh, um, that I know is important to you, and uh, yeah, we we deal a lot with it in uh, in groups and individuals as well, and probably families too. And I I'm gonna I want to I want to sure. talk about that family. I want to talk about it separately, okay? Um, because it kind of leads into another areas. You know, how do we apply all this stuff to our own families? Yeah. Because, you know, it, we live it, and so there's a, there's a some type of um, mentorship that happens, especially with children. But, yeah. you know, spouses is a whole nother, another whole nother issue. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, the issue is about what anxiety is and, yeah. and the different ways to... Yeah. Um, look at it and and to bring change and to develop well first of all develop awareness 
of, of anxiety so we can bring change to For it. For sure. Um, yep. And, and I, I, to preface this before we kind of venture off into the, the no man's land here a little bit, um, <laughs> anxiety is a natural human state. It's a feedback mechanism that we get from ourselves mm-hmm. um, based upon our worries, our concerns, and things that maybe yeah. are not in, in balance or in harmony in our lives or that are, we project outward. And I know this leads right into the discussion of of you know how our intentions created, right? You know, or sure. use of our intention and what we're focusing on. Sure. So, wh- where would you like to start off with your thoughts on anxiety? Yeah, no, as- I've got a lot of thoughts okay. there, and thank you for bringing this up because I, th- you know, I know there's millions and millions of people who suffer from this, mm-hmm. and you know, I know you you're you're on the board with me, Paul. Where we our hearts go out to you. We have compassion for that. We mm-hmm. have empathy for that. Yeah, but I do know that there's some awareness that hopefully you'll gain today that will really change the way you look at this. Mm-hmm. Again, we want to bring this out into the light for what it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm coming from a place where I struggle with anxiety to the point where I'll never forget it. I was laying in my bed and I was, I was so anxious to the point where I believed I couldn't get up and brush my teeth. Mm. Not kidding you. Like it felt impossible. And so I understand how horrific and horrible this can feel mm-hmm. for people. So we're not saying that... Uh, so I'm going to say some things, honestly, that people <laughs> might go, what? <laughs> right? And and trust me, I'm not trying to downplay that you... There, there are people out there that really do struggle with this, so don't take it that I'm taking that lightly. Yeah. Because I've been there to the point where I'd rather be dead, honestly. Yeah. Like it was that intense. But I have learned stuff over the years, luckily, because I've been doing this a long time. I've learned from my clients. I've learned from you. I've learned from all kinds of great people. My mentor taught me some amazing things. Mm-hmm. And all I'm trying to do is give it back. Mm-hmm. Give it away. Give it away. Right? That's all yeah. I'm doing here. And that's what that's what this is all about. Yeah. And that's, so, why, that's why we even get together here. I know. Uh, you know, beautiful. as bozos, is to give it away. Yeah. We want to give away our bozos. Glad I'm a bozo. Yeah. So remember, <laughs> as we're talking about these things, we are just another bozo on the bus. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And it doesn't mean I'm perfect at what I say, but I'll tell you, I do my best. And uh, so I think you know, for me, you know, probably the biggest pushback I get from my clients. When I share stuff with them, they go, can it really be that simple, Todd? <laughs> I, hear, I hear that all the time. That's the biggest like complaint, if you want to call it that, that I get. Like, it can't be that simple. My problem's so big that there's no way it can be this simple. And, and the truth of the matter is that I've learned that it is simple. And I, one, used to overcomplicate this whole thing. And I, I usually start with what the real definition of anxiety is, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You know... That, you know, and I'll always ask a client, what do you, what do you think anxiety is? And it's interesting. A lot of them can't even explain it. They're just like, uh, it's like some mystical thing that just happens to hit me, but they can't even put something around it. And I, that's part of the problem is if you don't know what it is Mm -hmm. or can't define it, I mean that you're at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. Then you think, well, I'm out, it's out of my control. I got to go to a doctor. I got to do this, take all these meds. And there is a time and place for meds. I'm all for that. Yeah. You know, so, but I think the Especially real... Especially in severe or chronic... For sure. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. In a severe or chronic situation, there there is a time yeah. for the, these things. Yeah. And, but we're, we're talking about more of, um, you know, the long-term yeah. treatment, treatment of, yeah. of anxiety. Exactly. And, 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 and for those that maybe don't have an acute or 
or chronic condition with exactly. it. Um, we, yeah. we, I'm kind of separate that out a little bit. Sure. But, but this, but it, what we're going to talk about does apply to everybody, Everyone. no matter what level of anxiety yeah. you're at, it can be used. Thank you for saying that because that's the truth right there. I don't, I don't want to minimize yes. that, that this is not something that you can use and put into action today. Right. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. So the definition of anxiety is it's just a misuse of our imagination. Yeah. That's all it is. So beautiful. Yeah. And so simple. So simple. Yeah. And here's why this is true, though. So we can say that it sounds cute, but if we don't back it up with why is that true, Yeah. here's why. Uh, they've, they have proven that the brain or the mind, whatever you want to call it, does not know the difference between a real event or if you vividly imagine it. And to give you, oh, go ahead. Mirror neurons. Yes. Mirror neurons can't tell the difference between what's actually happening and the story or the experience we have of something we imagine. Exactly. And that's what's so important. It's like mirror neurons work in the same way if you're watching a movie. Even though you're watching something on screen that's not happening, it's a movie, right? Yeah. And maybe just with actors, but you still have the whole, all the feelings associated with it. So, I mean, why do, I mean, this is a little bit off, but why do people go to scary films? You know, I mean, there's a lot of stress and anxiety <laughs> that actually happen. I've yeah. had this discussion with somebody sure. about, yeah, you know, I, I really struggle with this. And, but, you know, and I go, so, you know, what are the things that, what do you, tell me about what you, what you spend, yeah. time doing, what do you like to do? I like to watch horror <laughs> films and, and, um, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I just kind of went, so <laughs> the, the thought was tried to try to simplify it yeah. for them, you know, understand. Yeah. And that they were doing things to that created these stories yeah. and they were living in a certain way. And we use that term as well, future yeah. tripping, which ties into this very yeah, beautifully. For sure. Again, I'm, I'm digressing. I want no, to go back good. to your... No, you're good. No, it's, and it's, I'm laughing over here because <clears throat> just last night, I was sitting there with my daughter and my wife. We're like, and I'm like, let's watch a scary movie. <laughs> I actually love watching... I love getting scared. I love it. Maybe it's the rush of it or whatever, but... It's well, funny. no, that's part of it. Yeah. But it, we know it's... This is what I'm saying, but it's contained. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> we know it also eventually it's going to resolve at the end, right? Yeah. And with what goes on inside our story, inside our own head, it just keeps playing over and over again, you know? Yeah. It's never-ending... I mean, yeah. this is dramatic, it's, but it's like a, ne- a never-ending nightmare a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's a great... And I'm glad you brought that up because the movie example is a great one. Like when, when you're watching a scary movie... And then something jumps off the screen and you coil up in response to protect yourself. Yeah. And then afterwards you're laughing, your heart's pumping, your you know, your blood's pumping quicker and you're, you're and you laugh, but for that moment your brain believed it was real. Yes. That's exactly the so point. Yeah. You, you you know you're at a movie, you know nothing's <laughs> gonna get you, but for that moment your brain believed it real. Yeah. That's why see when we imagine something bad's going to happen, mm-hmm. future tripping, catastrophizing yeah. it, your brain believes it's happening in the moment, even though it hasn't happened right. yet. Yeah. So that's the power of the imagination. I want to um, cite one example that's really, really powerful. It's in the book uh, Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. And they took this group of uh, basketball players. And at the beginning of the month, they, and, and they grabbed a group of basketball players and they had them all shoot foul shots. Okay, every one of them. And they they took down their percentages and their scores, right? Mm -hmm. Then they split the group, these basketball players, into three groups. One group was, they told this group, for the next 30 days, don't practice at all, don't pick up a ball, do nothing. 
and then come back and we'll retest you in 30 days. The second group, they said, we want you to practice for a half hour a day shooting foul shots. 30 minutes every day for 30 days, come back and we'll, we'll retest mm-hmm. you. The third group, they said, we want you to imagine shooting perfect foul shots 30 minutes a day for 30 days. Don't pick up a ball, just imagine it for 30 days. Mm-hmm and then come back in 30 days, we'll retest you. Mm-hmm. So they bring these three groups back, and they test all three. Uh-huh. Now, obviously, group number one, who didn't practice, didn't imagine, did nothing, <laughs> their percentages went way down. Yeah. Okay, Their scores went down. Right. Well, the next two, the group that actually shot the baskets mm-hmm. for 30 minutes, mm-hmm. and the ones that actually imagined shooting baskets for 30 mm-hmm. minutes, they both improved equally. It's so amazing. This That's the power of our imaginations. Yes. And when we misuse it, it can cause such pain and misery and torment in our lives. Mm-hmm. And really, again, that's all anxiety is. So we need to learn to imagine in a different way. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So that to me is important that off the off the gate off the get go, we need to know what yeah. is what is it in anyways. Yeah. Oh, it's a misuse of our imagination. Yeah. It actually is very hopeful when you hear that, you go, Oh, is that all it is? Well, I think so. No, and I, I agree because I think so because we are very creative, powerful yeah. um, creatures. I mean, yeah. human beings are remarkable yeah. that they have an imagination, that they can fantasize and think and create and design and conceive of these worlds and these ideas. I yeah. mean, we, we, we joked before, before you started today about, yeah. you know, about writing a book, right? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, or you, you were saying, but, you know, I hadn't, you, maybe you did that in the podcast. I read a book since you know whenever back in yeah i said at the beginning yeah yeah yeah. that whole that whole idea but the the idea of that i can write a book right becomes real and we can put that into yeah into effect this this is all this just is such a formation of our story our narrative that if we believe and we tell ourselves and we have this story and we imagine ourselves as not being able to do something the chances are very good that we will not be able to do it right okay no yeah. i'm not I, I know that um i'm not going to be a quarterback in the nfl right at 63 years old you know <laughs> with the the, the 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 amount of um right. you know body fat that i have and, and those kinds of things it's not in my future right okay right so <clears throat> i'm probably not going to spend a lot of time imagining that just because i'd rather probably imagine things that you know, that I can do. That realistic I can things. Yeah, you got to be realistic are, about it. Things that are within my, right. um, you know, my playlist, my wheelhouse, so to For speak. For sure. For and sure. to know that, to know what, to know that, part of it comes through just the experience of finding out what I'm capable of doing. But as long as I'm able to imagine it, I believe mm-hmm. I can do it. Right. So I may not be with, you know, a quarterback in, in professionally, but there's a chance, are if that's really what I wanted to do, I could imagine myself doing it in a flag football league or something. Do you know what I'm saying? For something sure. that's probably for sure. You know, yeah, and that kind of thing. So I, I see that this becomes that ability to hold ourselves accountable and responsible, and also it allows us not to play the victim associated with right. this. But the misuse of our imagination is something that I can take accountability for. And and I can say, this is how I use it in ways that are healthy for me, and 
and distinguish between the two, you know, sure. differentiate. Sure. And know at times when I'm, I'm doing it that's healthy and when I'm doing it when it's not healthy. Right. You know. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Love that. Well, you know, and so the other thing I would add to that is, uh, you know, I'd like to give an example because a lot of people will be able to relate with this and a lot of people who follow you and listen to mm-hmm. this who are, you know, recovering you know, over an addiction and this and that, they'll really relate with this. And um, I had a client come in. This was a few years ago, and it was a Monday morning. It was my first session of the day, and he, the guy sits down, and he can't sit still. He's he's moving. He's, you could tell he hadn't slept. He's just like, can't even move. I'm like, dude, what's going on? You know, And he's like, oh, I'm just so anxious, man. I, can't, I couldn't sleep last night. I'm freaking out. And I said, what are you thinking? What are you imagining right now? What's going on? He's like, nothing. You know, I just woke up. And no, I'm like, no, let's really get there, right? Finally, he goes, oh, he goes, I have court on Friday. And I said, okay, you have court on Friday. Uh-huh. So? <laughs> and he goes, well, I might have to go to jail. Yep. And I said, okay, what's the worst case scenario for you on Friday if you have to go to jail? Right. He's like, 30 days. That would be the worst. He goes, that's the worst I'm looking at. I said, I go, but look, here it is Monday. You couldn't even sleep last night. Friday's not even here yet. And look, you are suffering beyond, like, if you weren't here, you'd probably be what? And he goes, drinking. Yeah. And I go, exactly. Yes. But look, Friday's not even here yet. So why are you suffering so much now? And he put it, we put it together where he's like, well, I go, really what you're doing is you're imagining going to jail. Yeah. And that's a horrible thing. It's a, the feelings associated with going to jail exactly. are causing you pain and distress. Right. And I says, so we talked about what that is. And I go, you're, you're imagining something that's not real yet. Mm-hmm. Is it a possibility? I get that. Yeah. It is a possibility. But I go, you know, jail doesn't have to be a bad thing anyways, though, ultimately. Which we got into. That's a whole other thing we can talk about in the a second. The choice. The choice of how we look at Yeah. The, yeah. We, okay. We'll go there now. William Shakespeare... In Hamlet says, nothing's neither good nor bad. Thinking makes it so. So jail isn't good or bad. Thinking makes it so. Now, granted, we don't want to go to jail. But if you have to go, you can make it an amazing experience if you'd like. You don't, you know, anyway. So. Which is the basis of um, man's search for meaning. Exactly. So you look at, so I talked to him about the past versus the future versus now. And anyway, we'll get into that if you'd like. That's kind of a longer segment. But he he literally was suffering for the next four days. And then Friday comes, and you know this, Paul, if someone goes to jail when they leave treatment or they have to go to jail, mm-hmm. they don't come back. They just take them off right then and there. Well, the guy comes back Friday afternoon and I see him walking up and I just start laughing because I knew what happened. I go, you got probation, huh? And he goes, yep. And I go, look, you <laughs> suffered for five days for no reason. And he just started to laugh. He's like, I can't believe I do this to myself. I go, exactly. You're using your imagination in the wrong way. And you can train yourself to use it in the right way. Just like you said, you'll take accountability, right? You said that, Paul. I take accountability for what I think and feel. See, where he, this kid wasn't, what he was saying is, it was out of my control. I'm just anxious. Nope. And I love that you said that, Paul, because when we take accountability Mm -hmm. for the way we think, the way we imagine... That, oh, I'm in charge? I can actually imagine good things versus bad things? Yeah. See, that's the beauty. And I love that you said that because what he needed to learn, start taking accountability. Okay, you may have to go to jail, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. So 
guess what? If you'll do that, guess what? Suffering stops. Suffering stops when we become present yeah. in the moment. It stops. And I want to get into that in a second, if that's okay. Well, that because that's why I brought up Viktor Frankl, because yes. uh, here's, here's, a, here's a gentleman that's in a, in, in a Nazi concentration camp. Um, people around him are dying, being tortured, being tested upon. Um, killing themselves. Yes, killing themselves. And there's, and, and there's so much despair and hopelessness around him and he decides you know he makes he he puts his intention forward and this idea of using i mean this is a perfect example of using your imagination in a positive healthy and powerful way was that nobody can take that away from me nobody can tell me or take away my ability to imagine myself and what's true for me yeah and 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 that he was able to get through and actually you know, <laughs> live in in such a way that it brought him a deep sense of I, I like the term Zen, but you know he found his contentment and bliss in that situation. Yeah. And it's amazing, and it really is an amazing story. Well, and it's proof to you and I and anyone who's listening today that we all have that in us. Yes, we have that strength. That's the beauty. Definitely, take, definitely take, have that ability. A, like, yeah. I really believe this. And if you're struggling with anxiety, even if it's been an extreme case where you, I mean, to the point like where mm-hmm. you were, where I was, where I couldn't get out of bed, I get it. Mm-hmm. But we have within us the ability to get over that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes in the beginning, it takes medication to help us to get to a certain point. I'm all for that. But I'm telling you, I, Victor Frankl proves yes. to you and I and everyone else yeah. that we have that capability yeah. and strength to rise above anything. Wow. And that just gives me chills when I think of that. You know, the story you just told about the, the client you were working with, that's such a perfect example of future tripping, too. Yeah, you know, it's totally. Like, yeah, I'm projecting what's going to happen in the future, and it's going to be terrible. So I'm preparing myself to worry about it now. Yeah, so I'll suffer now instead <laughs> yeah, right. of when it actually happens. Right, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and guess what? It's still a choice to suffer when it even happens as well. Um, so I had, I had a client. This, this, is, this is how fresh this is. I had a client this morning. Todd. Uh-huh. And um, they had had a using dream, a lucid using dream early mm-hmm. in the week. And it basically turned their life upside down for three or four days. Right. Literally, um, they woke up the next morning, they, you know, because they, they had used, um, you know, pills or something. Right. And they, they ran out to the kitchen to see if they'd left anything out on the counter. I mean, they really thought this had happened. It was like real. It yeah. was real for them. And yeah. the, all the feelings. And they, and, they, and they felt like, oh, they were going through withdrawal. I mean, that's how powerful this stuff is. Yeah. Even though none of it happened, it was all in a dream. It became real for this person. And they created a whole reality around it and felt like they were going through withdrawals for a day yeah. or two, wow. which sounds remarkable, but that the story was so powerful for them. That's the power of the imagination. Boy, that sure. is imagination. Yes. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, today they're in a, in a, in a better place. I mean, and, and the work we did was about, you know, what is real and what's not and where do you want to put your intention on and what can you do to take care of yourself today and focus on that and yeah. the self-care piece and, yeah. you know, where is it you want to be now, <laughs> you know, yeah. focus on that. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, you know, I, I want to share one more thought on the anxiety oh, piece, please. if that's yes, all right. Um, uh, one more example. I had a, uh, and this, this was such a learning experience for me was, I was doing a group 
at Wasatch and I was sitting there and, and, and I've shared this story with many people. So this will be a reminder for, for the listeners who have heard it before, but, uh, I was doing a group about 10 minutes into it. One of the clients walks in 10 minutes late. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, where have you been? And he's like, <laughs> he goes, Oh, Todd, he goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I was out watching an ant pile. And I went, Oh, <laughs> this will be good. So he sits down and I go, okay, we're going to stop what we were just doing. Tell us about your experience with the ant pile. And he looks at me like, are you serious? I'll go. Yeah. I really, I'm being serious. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah. He's going, well, I was watching an ant pile and for like the last 40 minutes and I lost track of time. That's why I'm late. And I go, give us the details around it though. Yeah. Like, really share it. What did you notice? What did you? He's like, I was watching these ants pick up a grain of sand, walking them around. I watched them going in and out of the holes, back and forth. I could see their legs, their antennas. He goes, I even stepped back and I watched them kind of work as this well-oiled machine. Uh-huh. And he goes, it was incredible. And he goes, I go, I asked him the question in front of the whole group. Mm-hmm. I go, were you suffering? He goes, absolutely not. And I go, when was the last time you experienced that? And he sat there, he sat there, and he goes, I don't ever remember. Maybe when I was a little kid, Todd, but I don't even recall. Mm-hmm. And to give this some more content, context is this guy, when he had this experience with the ant pile, uh-huh. he had been he was in his late 50s. He had been drinking for 30 years, lost his wife, the respect of his kids, his driver's license, life savings, job. I mean, literally got wiped out of everything because of the drinking. Um, when he had this experience with the ant pile, he was nine days sober. And <laughs> for that 40 minutes, <laughs> right. his suffering completely stopped. Right. And is what, and I love this, and you know this, mm. what he experienced was enlightenment, is what Buddha would call it, yes. enlightenment. And Buddha says enlightenment is the end of suffering. Yes. He wasn't anxious. He wasn't sad. Uh-huh. He wasn't depressed. He wasn't worrying about anything because he just had blown up his life, lost it all. Had every reason, right, logically to be mm-hmm. like a complete train wreck. <laughs> but for 40 minutes, he felt the most intense yeah. joy that he has ever felt. He couldn't even remember. Maybe he said, maybe when I was a little kid. Yeah. But that was, that's the beauty of what we can do. Yeah. When we become present with anything, present in the moment, suffering stops. Whether it's anxiety or whether it's sadness, if we if we're present, it stops. And connecting with something, connecting yeah, that was I like that. which is you know that's one of my mantras too is yeah. you know connect, reach out and connect, mm-hmm. develop community. And for sure, this that whole piece of using and I don't know if this is the correct language for it, but. You know, using nature to do that, and I think the the yeah. ant pile or the ant hill <laughs> is a perfect example because yeah. I do that too when I go to the desert. There's sometimes I'll sit and watch the ants for you know an hour or so, yeah. just because it's so fascinating, and I but I feel connected to what's happening to with them, you know. Yeah. And, and and I've also noticed I have emotional responses associated with my experience as well. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I I love that that, and I really love the way you handled that, because you know there's sometimes where we go, well, where were you? What were you doing? You know, you're supposed to be here instead of actually acknowledging what that person went through yeah. in that moment. Yeah, it taught me yeah. a really powerful lesson. Honestly, I was like, wow, thanks for sharing yeah. that, man. And the yeah. whole group was going, dang, you yeah. know. We need to watch more ant piles. <laughs> and then, well, and then he connected to that whole group, and they all connected to him, yeah. those that were yeah. listening and, and, and yeah. being part of that moment. Yeah. That's I, I shared say it all experience. The, yeah, yeah, and I say this all the time, and I know you feel the same way, is I learn so much from my clients. Like, 
I, I just sit there every day. I go, oh, man, I learned this. I learned this. <laughs> wow. And it just, over the years, I just feel like I've just been taught by just such amazing people yeah. who, even though they're struggling, doesn't mean they can't teach. Well, you know, and still learning and, yeah. from amazing people, <laughs> uh, which is just powerful all, all in itself. Yeah. Um, so, um, are you okay if we move on for just a moment? Yeah, let's move on. I want yeah. One of the things that um, we were talking about, uh, and we, you know, before earlier on when when we were in, the, in that first se- in the first segment, um, this idea of what fuels um, change and mm-hmm. what fuels um, you know af- affirmational intention mm-hmm. um, and what and and those those different things. So. Um, and I, I know we're, we're, we talk a lot about addiction, but the, the reason why I'm really glad we brought up anxiety today, too, and, and yeah. made that a topic was because that's something everyone struggles with. And it's right. difficult sometimes to understand that addiction is, is a common human trait, too. It's just we don't always understand what our obsessive or compulsive thinking or behaviors are around right. something, you uh-huh. know, um, whether it be, you know, com- you know, a belief system we have that you know, we, we hold as, as the highest, uh, way of, of thinking about something and it may be different than somebody else's. Right. And, and we can become addicted to that belief system, but whether it has nothing to do with any, you know, political or religious or any, anything along those lines, but, yeah. but something that we think is just, this is the way every, everyone has to view the same thing. Right. Right. This is the way the world is, and that's just, it's black and white thinking. Right. People can become addicted to black and white thinking in the same way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and it's as bad as any other type of addiction in my, in my experience, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> so I, I, and that's why, you know, we talk about being teachable and open and, and, be, and being willing to accommodate new information. And I'll be honest, there's sometimes that's a struggle for me. I'm not mm-hmm. per- perfect in this by any means. Um, there's sometimes I find myself becoming fixated in the way I think. And and I noticed this happen and that that there's a, there's supposed to be the best way to do that. Right. And that's what I like what you said about we're constantly learning, right? This idea of learning and adapting, assimilating Mm -hmm. new information in all the time and being willing to be open and hear, listen, right. Listen. Yeah. So one of the things that we we do a lot in, in in the field we work in is we talk about communication and communication skills because a lot of people just struggle with knowing how to communicate right and to to me and i don't know if you feel this way but um let's talk about this a little bit if if you, if you're open to it this yeah. idea of how you know like i see i see the the listening actually being like the bookends they have to, it has to, you have to start and finish with it. And yeah. then in between is the communication. I mean, yeah. the actual, you know, what, the, what I'm saying. Right. But if I'm not listening to the person or the people that I'm around and I'm just telling them all, you know, what to do, am I creating an environment in which I can assimilate what the needs are of the people around me right. at, at the same time so that I make sure I'm giving the, you know, the a message? Your story, this is what, this came up to me when you just told the story about the anthill, right? Uh-huh. And there, there's definitely maybe a book in that, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the idea, or at least a chapter, um, <laughs> or at least a chapter. Um, but this idea of knowing when to stop and listen 
and ask questions of somebody without projecting or having a bias about that that, that person or that right. group or that you know a group of people or you know a, a certain philosophy or, or around us that maybe doesn't always agree with ours. Um, how do you find yourself remaining in, in a teachable way in, in those kinds of moments? Because yeah. I, I, I mean, openly, there are times I struggle with that. I think, oh, I think I know what's best for you. And, 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 <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, I'm going to out myself that I don't always know what's best for other people. Right. I, I may have some ideas in, in things that they can do differently. But, I, I, you know, wanting to be able to, uh, uh, the, uh, allowing people to come up with their own and um, what determining what's best uh, that they need to do right. for themselves. Yeah, that's yeah. a great question. Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to state what Simon Sinek says, what a true leader is. A true leader is someone who is the last person to speak in the room. They listen to everybody. And then they'll speak at the end. Hmm. That's the tr- that, that is a sign of a true leader. And when I heard this, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. And there's times where I'm always like, I'm going to be the first to speak. Listen to me kind of thing. And, um, but I, I, you know, as like you said, I, I'm not perfect in this at all. I, I think I'm learning to be a really good listener mm-hmm. um, and trying to figure out, well, I think this might be best for you, but really it, it's not. It's, mm-hmm. you know, actually listening to you now, this would probably be the better thing. Yeah. You right. know, and I support you in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I've, you know, I've just tried to find myself trying to empathetically listen to someone versus I've already got the answer in my mind and I'm going to tell you, okay, go ahead and spew out whatever you're saying, mm-hmm. but I'm going to just crush it with, nope, this is what, you know, <laughs> because I'm, I'm the, I'm the, co- I'm the life coach. I'm the mentor. You should listen to me <laughs> when in reality is like, you know, and I, I'll point it out all the time. Hey, I, I thank you for sharing. That. I just learned something. Thank you for teaching me. Yeah, right. kind of thing. I'll acknowledge to the person. Yeah, you just I learned from. Thank you, kind of thing. And so I don't know. I just really try to follow that philosophy that you know be the be the last one to speak. Just listen to everything, mm-hmm. and then okay, here's what I'm getting from this, or this is what I just learned from what you said. I was going to tell you this before I got in here, but no, I'm actually going to suggest this now mm-hmm. based on what you just said yeah had i not listened to that i'm giving you something that really you won't want to do maybe or it's not going to work for you mm. kind of thing so yeah. you know so that's kind of w- the way i look at it or at least try to do you know the best that i can yeah you yeah know, like not that. perfect at it and you know empathetically listening you know that's a tough empathetically one empathetically listening yeah and asking questions yeah so you know what one of the things especially that I find, you know, which I actually like with especially family therapy, too. It's very common in couples therapy to have them, you know, talk from I statements and then right. have the other person reflect back. Doing it with kids and, and family and parents. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> Boom. It yeah. is so cool. Yeah. And um, and and to see sort of this is what I want. And part of this came up for me. Um, because of watching this happen within a family this past week, okay. watching the younger daughter, 15-year-old, talking to the dad. And, the, of course, the dad, as the parent, had all these beliefs and stories about why, you know, well, she's just the 15-year-old daughter and, you know, she's obstinate or, you know, she doesn't really listen to me and those kinds of things. Right. So when I did this back and forth, <laughs> yeah. he had a story, a belief that she didn't really hear him. Yeah. And so it, okay. came, it came into this. 
And to watch them do it, actually, and practice it in the session was remarkable. Yeah. And I learned in that moment, because then I've noticed I had a bit of a story about him going, oh, he's just a, an obstinate parent who thinks <laughs> their daughter's obstinate, but he's just projecting onto her. Right. And so he just kind of went, he, he did this, he went, you know, like mind blown. <laughs> he goes, that's me. That's what I do. You know, and so I was like, oh. Oh, you're not. The bias I had about you is is false. It's wrong. Yeah. You actually did listen, and I heard you listen, yeah. and I saw what That's happened. Awesome. That's beautiful. And the daughter was yeah. like, "My dad's listening to me. Yeah. He, my dad heard me." Yeah. 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 And there's that and that's where you talked about that connection piece. Uh-huh. When you feel like you've been heard, mm-hmm. you now feel a connection with that person. Yeah. Like they really truly listen to me. Yes. And they see my side of things. They may not still agree with it, but at least you listened to me and you did hear me. Yeah. There's a connection there now. Yeah. Right? And yeah. then, you know, and I'm sure they would say the same thing. Now I feel more connected with my daughter and the daughter feels more connected with the dad. Yeah. That's beautiful. So the one other thing I said I wanted to talk about, and I don't know how much you want to you want to talk about this, but <laughs> let's throw it around, around okay. just a little bit before we right. finish up today. Okay. okay. <laughs> and that is because who we are and what we do and I mean and, and what we be in our lives on a day to day basis, um, we eventually go home at some point. <laughs> yep. And um we interact with our families. Yeah. And um I, I'm t to- I'm not told this as much. I mean, maybe it's just I'm getting better at it over time, but yeah. Have you ever gotten that feedback of, you know, don't therapize me? <laughs> yes, I have. Right, honey? You've, you've heard me try to therapize you, and I've heard back, don't do that. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So how have you learned to, you know, because, I mean, I'm not saying this just to pro- people out there that do this as a profession. that are professionals in this. I'm saying, like us, I'm talking about, you know, this is, a, this is really just real general life stuff that we're able yeah. to connect right we're able to connect and join and be present with with our families and our friends and not not bring all these ideas and these 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 passions that we have it's not that we leave them but you know we 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 learn to treat people as as people exactly yeah Yeah, that's a great question and it happens a lot um and i've learned a lot of times the hard way um (laughs) to that's really Me, me too yeah, because what I've learned, and, and you'll agree, you know, our, our, our my wife just wants to be heard, just like that fifteen year old daughter or mm-hmm. or the dad communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just want to be heard. So when my wife comes in and she's maybe tell me about this, 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 and this, you know, and if I'm in my head going, okay, well that's a thinking error, and that's <laughs> that's playing a victim, or that's uh-huh. no, that's not the point. She doesn't want any of that. She just wants to tell you, hey, I need to get this off my chest. I need to share this with someone. You're the guy I want to share it with. Mm-hmm. And then, But I've noticed when I do empathetically listen to that, uh-huh. there's the connection piece, right? Mm-hmm. Now I've connected with her in a way that she feels heard. And then, man, now she's open to we can talk about anything at that point kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I've learned that a, a few times, unfortunately, the hard way where I've tried to you know, put on the old therapeutic hat and say well honey this is and she's like what are you talking i don't and then she'll don't go don't down that road <laughs> and i don't blame her i wouldn't you know she again she just wants to be heard yeah and and not taught or yeah. whatever and yeah. and as if i know anything anyways you know it's more of no, I, I she's teaching me to be a good listener yeah you know kind of thing so that's the, <laughs> that that's 
any the dynamic of any any close intimate relationship like that with a partner of you know right. wife spouse yeah. boyfriend girlfriend whatever it is the idea of learning to listen and be empathetic for, to the 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 person that we're close with yeah, um, for sure and I'm not just saying that you know professionals in this field have that have this issue because <laughs> <laughs> right. there's definitely times that you know you know everyone thinks they're an expert in something you know right. or right. they've had an experience and they want to say you know this worked for me why don't you try it? and that's not necessarily always there's that's right. not necessarily bad advice right it's just how, how to understand how each person's tools may be slightly different exactly from time to time. yeah exactly so yeah all right Thank you, Todd. You bet. Thanks. I think, I think Thank before you. I think before we go out today, I will mention that um, Todd and I are going to try to do this a few times. You know, maybe quarterly or something. Yeah, I'd be re- sit I'd down love it. and love uh, and, and talk about some different issues and topics, and um, and uh, you know, hopefully share some some things that will will help our listeners out there and. and <laughs> And yeah. help us too. I'll be honest. Yeah, at with the you. same time, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we, we we constantly work on building community, and I'm very grateful for the community we have at our work environment. Absolutely, that, uh, it's it's definitely a supportive environment. It really is. And um, yeah. you know, it's in small business today. One of the things you know the challenges are is is how do you run a business and also create a community there? And yeah. I feel real fortunate where we are that yeah, we, we work, have the ability. Yeah, to we work do with that. some great people. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. rub shoulders with greatness. So. Glad with, to be a part of it. With greatness. All right. Um, so uh, next week, uh, the pros from Dover, or the bozos from Dover, however you want to look at it, will be here. <laughs> and uh, we have a whole bunch of issues to talk about. One of the things that we talked about last time, um, Todd, and well, this will not be long, was we, we talked about um, medication-assisted treatment, MATS. Um, sure. You know, Suboxone and and, right. and, and, and and the ups and the downs of that. And mm-hmm. it, it was a good discussion. And um, I, I don't have the, the all the answers either as much as, you know, sure. I have opinions. Yeah, I got opinions. <laughs> my, yeah. my, my opinions aren't always the answers, though. <laughs> this is, <laughs> right. again, coming back to what we were talking about just yeah. a minute ago. Um, but one of the things we're going to talk about is um, stimulants in the same oh, way. Right on. Because Adderall... Yep. Um, Vyvanse, yep. um, Ritalin, and, and so mm-hmm. on um, have become a very common uh, medication that's used to treat a whole variety of issues. Right. And um, I feel really grateful and that one of the things in in uh, my last uh, my last part of my education you know four or five years ago was um, doing a lot of study and research on um, ADHD right and knowing that ADHD is often much more than a disorder than it is a symptom of something right. else okay yeah. And you and I were not. Well, we won't go there this time. But okay. We'll, 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 we'll down may, the road. We'll, we'll get we'll there. We'll maybe do that down the road. Okay, cool. All right. Very um, cool. Thanks so much, Todd. I enjoyed oh, this immensely. Thanks for coming on Saturday. And, yeah. And uh, we'll be back here in the springtime. No, uh, thank let's you. Let's just do it seasonally. Like, let's do it. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Well, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity. Uh, listeners out there, thanks for the support. And uh, hopefully what you heard today has been helpful for your life. And we've shed some light on some things. And yeah. we're, we're all better people because of what we've talked about today. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, mention your website one more time. Yeah, we website is ToddSylvesterInspires.com. And, you know, you can access anything from there. Um, I've got the, uh, the you know, the lemonade uh, stand book.com uh, that you can go to as well for the book. 
And uh, I, I do want to say, if it's okay, a little shameless plug here, yeah. that uh, um, I'm going to have a, a beliefcast.fm will, should be up uh, the yes. middle of yes. uh, February yeah. for that uh, will promote my uh, podcast. And uh, so, and I've been really fortunate things are taken off there. And so that's going to be really cool to have that uh, a resource to be able to send that out and uh, get it to more to the masses so yeah. i'm excited for that yeah. well and you, and you do have um and you do have the belief cast now I mean, yes yeah i've been mm-hmm. on there too and yeah, enjoyed absolutely. it and immensely um and that's available on most podcast platforms yep, just, every like, platform. just like this one so yep, it's on every yeah you can just type in belief cast whether it's you know google play or itunes or stitcher podbean spotify it's everywhere so and uh yeah uh love to have your support there and um, listen to Paul's on there too. That was an awesome podcast. It was great. And uh, so, yeah, just grateful to know you, Paul. And thanks for this opportunity, man. Same way, Todd. I appreciate yeah. you. Very grateful. All right. Thanks. We will go out as we usually do with a little Joan Osborne. Have a good weekend. Yes. We'll see you guys next week. Yes. Like